What's up, everybody? It's Friday. Psych, if you listen to this. It's actually Wednesday, but it's our Friday. So we call this Friday for us. I'm John Browner. I'm joined by Jason Lawhead. This is the Browner and Lawhead podcast on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. All our shows are available via the YouTube and via the iTunes podcast store under the Kaplan and Crew logo. Great Friends Podcast Network is with the number one show in the Great Friends Podcast Network. We've got so many different angles of things to talk about. Welcome back, Mike Clevenger, 588 days later. Padres baseball, we might get to some of that. We're going to talk about the Warriors and, and, and what appears to be a fantastic series brewing with the Memphis Grizzlies. We've got dirty play. We've got technicals. We've got ejections. The Celtics seem to have maybe, maybe not figured it out against the Bucks. But what we're where we're going to start today, and before we start today, what's up, Jason? What up? It's a good uh, it's a good Wednesday. Uh, I you know I like uh, I like uh, being able to have a Wednesday hump day final day. But um, yeah, man, lot to talk about. We were talking off air about the Chappelle thing last night. I don't know if anybody caught that, but that was pretty wild because this was a uh, not just somebody coming up on stage. I mean, this guy was like yielding a gun and a knife. It's crazy. So for those of you who don't know, this is what he looks like now. <laughs> and he didn't look like that is before. Is that Carlos Mencia? <laughs> so Dave Chappelle is taking part in this thing called Netflix is a joke. Yeah. And he's doing his portion of the show at the Hollywood Bowl. And he's got tons of people. He's had um, uh, uh, he's had Bill Burr. He's had Chris Brown. He's had Buster Rhymes. He's had uh, Erica Badu. So he's got this eclectic, wide-ranging amount of people coming in and, and doing entertainment and stand-up. So uh, Jamie Foxx was there. Uh, Chris Rock was there. I don't know if these people are performing, but they they have uh, um, uh, what's this guy? Pete Davidson uh, did some jokes the other day. So he's got people coming in and kind of doing their thing. And these are packed shows. These are sold-out shows. The Hollywood I mean, Bowl. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. isn't something where, you know, it's Humphreys. Like, this, no, is, this legit... is probably 12,000 people, maybe. Easy. Yeah. No disrespect to Humphreys. Pull the tables closest to the stage next time. <laughs> but, and pay people. That's a different discussion. <laughs> the fact that this guy thought it was a good idea to run on the stage really kind of uh, 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 capsulizes where we are in society. So within the last month, this idiot did this. Somebody was harassing Mike Tyson. <laughs> Unreal. Some everyday normal guy is harassing Mike Tyson on an airplane. Uh, the Chicago Bears have a, a, a former center by the name of Olin Krutz who was known for fighting people in NFL locker rooms, had basically a, a production assistant challenge him, and he whooped him. And so you have all these this time that we're living in where people seem to be very tough. If you're driving in your car, you'll hear the audio from this. But if you're watching, you will see what transpired and what led to Dave basically chasing this guy around the stage. Check it out. Was that Will Smith? 
<laughs> that will at the end of the altercation well after the altercation was over and this guy has been almost stumped into oblivion as you can see by the the other head he now has growing oh, yeah. on his forehead that voice you heard was chris rock coming up and saying was that will smith which <laughs> i'm telling y'all chris rock is going to annihilate will smith just when the time is right and y'all think he forgot he will absolutely annihilate will smith i know it's coming but Jason, you saw this. You've been in this business for over a decade. What do you think is what? Where do you think a lot of this is coming from? Well, I think a lot of this is the unraveling of um, the social media age connected to the mental health of people. I really do. I think that uh, it is the negative side of emboldenment from all of that uh, social because what. What social media has done, it has really people that look, we're all irrelevant, even when it comes to the big stage of all lives. And yes, um, whoever is at the top of whatever is is more relevant than you. And you may be way more relevant than the people starving in the streets in third world countries in Sri Lanka. But what. The American kind of psyche, that advertisement of yourself. Now, we've always just been like a advertisement culture, even before social media. Now it's an advertisement of yourself, portray yourself, see yourself as a bigger entity than you are. And I think that's where you get a lot of the angst through political discourse is that people are almost exhausted on their own irrelevance in a way you know and it it but it does like the reverse effect that it makes them become this uh you know uh, like it's like a spirit it's almost like you know like in that movie sense when you see like a spirit flies out to go do evil it's almost like that within the person and that's what it all that's just kind of how i see it and uh you know luckily you know, I came and lived a, a, a long enough life pre all of the technologies that have driven um, themselves to this point. And uh, with the social networking being what it is by now, um, do I use it? Yes. Do I use it too much? Probably yes. Even at, you know, my age with being married. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm a comic and it doesn't rule my life. And, and I, I understand it's barometers and all of its kind of uh boundaries and i don't think a lot of people i think a lot of people have disconnected through that world um without the proper um focuses and goals and you know relationships whatever all of those things tally up to be i think that's where we've gotten with insurrections and people storming on stages and people punching flight attendants in the jaw and I really do believe that that's uh, a guy pulling a gun out at a youth basketball game recently. Like I'm starting to be, you know, I, an umpire got a black eye, a female umpire got a black eye from a mother because she didn't like the way she was calling balls and strikes. I mean, she attacked her. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, um, you know, yeah, man. I mean, I think about it all the time. I'm like, man, I'm a comedian. I say one thing somebody doesn't like and, you know, enough where, they're just sitting at home stewing over it and they have a gun collection or I make a call and a guy doesn't like it and he wants to come back to the gym after going to visit his pickup truck. That stuff's real. And, it, you know, it plays some role in, you know, knowing that 
be on high alert for anything that may unfold to that degree. But yeah, you hope that that's a lightning strike one in a million. I think that we are in a, we talk about social media as it, as it is like this, um, this invisible thing that we don't know how it got to where it got. And the, and the truth of the matter is it's poisonous. It's absolutely poisonous because it, it creates the delusion that the individual is is something that it isn't. Like if you have, and this is the test I give everybody, and again, I don't care if you don't like it. If you have an X amount of followers, sell something, whatever it is, whatever you're best at, whatever you're great at. If you've got 20,000 followers on social media, and you can't sell 20,000 shirts, 20,000 hats, pens, whatever, you fill in the blank, dildos, cupcakes, whatever, dildo cupcakes, whatever you think <laughs> that you can sell 20, now if that, you can't sell, let me write that down. Great business idea. Yeah, let me, let me if you can't that. sell that, then you're, you're, you have no, no influence on social media. You're not a quote unquote influencer. Like we are creating, <laughs> we're creating a generation of people who the world will come crashing down on and they won't know what to do. Cause this young man or this person, whoever he was who ran on the stage, this is similar to the, uh, to, to the suspensions we talked about yesterday. What did you expect to happen after you did this thing? You ran on the stage, attempted to tackle him that failed. And then you basically ran away. So what were you hoping to achieve? by running on stage and attacking him? That's a question I hope we never have the answer to because quite frankly, I don't care. I think that the fact that he walked off or was carried off was too good of a too good of a penalty. Especially seeing how that he was uh, armed and had weapons. I mean, maybe, you know, he, maybe Eddie had his way and security wasn't there and it was just a roll around with Dave only, which he probably may have foresaw for at least a, a short amount of time if he had any type of rationale which he may not either right. um, and he was ready to take on everybody and maybe that's why he had the you know the gun was the you know to put it to dave's head to keep everybody away like maybe he's watched too many movies like everybody don't move right I'll, I'll you know whatever um so yeah but yeah going back to the original point and everything like uh dave is a, it could be a target somebody you know who knows what this guy's thing is is it total mental illness disconnect looking for attention is it a um kind of a, 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 a what was that uh guys that killed john lennon um you know that type of uh thing with you know that uh mind frame of you know jody foster and and the book catcher in the rye i think it was or something like that and he correlated that to killing lennon or or you know all of these types of things that you say like why would he have maybe he was a we'll find out that he was a, a very um a, a friendly to the lgbt community maybe it was some of the jokes that been dave's been criticized for who knows why but I, I wouldn't give what do, that much. Credit. What is too famous to you? How famous is too famous? Because if a person wants to murder you because of the entertainment that you've brought to the world, is that too famous? You know, I think that it can be. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can also, you know, 
you can control your environment. You can also be that famous. You can be as famous as Dave Chappelle and not, you know, do the Hollywood Bowl. Um, or, you know, you can be as famous as anybody and perhaps not uh, illuminate so much. But, you know, with fame comes all of those things and demands and and, and offers and, you know, who, 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 no matter how big they got, and I know Dave's done Radio City Music Hall and every probably place that you could check off the list as a performer, but who wouldn't want to do the Hollywood Bowl with all of his friends and anybody he could pick and, you know, um, musicians, comics alike, whatever. So, yeah, but um, yeah, man, I mean, I think too famous can be too famous and I think too famous can be helpful in some ways to, to some, you know, there are some people that are so famous that they've, you know, altered the lives of many that, uh, around them through charities and goodwill so we got that going for us which is nice <laughs> so i i mean i don't i haven't been able to attend this whole netflix as a joke thing but it seems to be going pretty well with the exception of one guy trying to stab dave Chappelle. Yeah. i mean i don't think i could handle that kind of fame you know if it was even uh put you know i i i'd like to be well known and and uh um respected for what i do and i guess if you did that at the highest level fame would come but you know i i know i wouldn't want to be that fame. i've seen you know enough famous guys close enough where it's just it's constant people are pulling at your strings everywhere all the time um you know you've got a cluster of it all just coming at you constantly it's uh Appearance. I just think when you've given when you've given something everything that you have, you should be able to absorb the maximum amount of whatever it has to offer. And I think that's the upside to celebrity. And I also think the downside of it is the exact same thing that you've mm -hmm. given something everything that you possibly have, and you've gained so much from it that other people become uh, uh, envious of what you have. Yeah, because that's. That's all discourse. You either have really you either have the masses that expect it, <laughs> or the small fractions of people that resent it, or right. all of the feelings that go with that. So yeah, it's this large masses of be the guy I'm the fan of all the time because I'm in the masses that is supporting you and paying you and putting you in the Hollywood Bowl, and then the small fraction of those resentful ones are the ones that you don't know what in that in that sea of those what some of those are capable of and you should never let and i don't think i think a lot of people can relate to this that they never let one bad interaction kind of really spoil the other nine yeah. let's say if you, if you got 10 interactions you can't let one spoil the other nine right even if the bad one was one or the bad one was 10 like you can't Right. Allow that to kind of. No, you got to mark down, right? You, you got to keep doing what you're doing, no matter that, uh, you know, I mean, heck, there's girls that go. How about that girl? She got her, that surfer, girl, girl got her arm bit off. Her by arm a shark. bit off, yeah. Be back surfing. Would you go surfing after a shark bit your arm off? I wouldn't. Well, listen, I ain't going surfing in the first place to begin with. Well, ain't nothing out there for but... me. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see the point. I, I, I mean, it's a 
people call it a sport. Sure, is it a workout? You should Absolutely. do a segment. We should do a segment instead of what I don't get, white I don't get, like things that white people That's... do, like white I don't get <laughs> by John Brown. White I don't get hiking. White I white I don't get it. <laughs> white I don't get it hiking. <laughs> hiking. I just I, I don't. I, I white I don't get it surfing, skydiving. Like it's a long list of white I don't get it. <laughs> white I don't get it with John Browner. That's great. Right. I think we just came base up with jumping them. like. Like oh, I, I, for what? For what? Like, fake, why are you base fake, jumping, bro? Fake rock wall climbing. Well, oh, parkour. <laughs> why? Like, who invented that? Like, what? What bored white man was like, man? Listen, I can't make the Olympics. I don't have it on the on the two rings. What they call those rings you swing from? I don't right. have it on those rings. I don't yeah, have it yeah. on a balance I beam. Think the, uh, the rings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't have we're it on the, the rings. rings. I mean, it's, it seems simple enough. I'm gonna go jump. I'm gonna jump over this curb, over this handrail, and I'm gonna backflip <laughs> over a piece of concrete. Like, cool. Now what? White, I don't get it. Like they even made tag a sport. Have you seen this on TV? <laughs> tag is a sport. No, come on, Dude, man. I gotta listen, give you a come on, man, on that tag is a sport. Two... <laughs> There are two things on ESPN. Oh I saw them and I went, nope, turned the channel. Cornhole. I saw Cornhole on ESPN. Shout out to our partner ESPN. These guys were throwing the cornhole and after throwing the cornhole was hitting the vape pen. <laughs> if you can smoke a vape pen in the <laughs> middle of the event, it's not a sport, my boy. Sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. how I used to do this bit where I was like badminton. Come on, man. Badminton's an Olympic sport. That's a yard sport. That's like a sport you do at like the company picnic. I go, if you can hold a beer in one hand and a racket in the other and play the sport, that ain't in the Olympics, bro. <laughs> no, no, not even close. So I, I just, you know, I just, I just find myself questioning these things all the time. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> And why do people love doing it White, so much? I don't get it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I think that's, that's going to be our first sketch comedy. Uh, we do a sketch comedy. So yeah. be our first sketch. I actually thought, though, when I saw when I first saw, I ran through Twitter when I first saw that video of Chappelle, I just thought that was Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, wait, is that Chappelle? Or, oh, I thought that was Draymond setting a pick. I didn't know what was going on there. I did like what we're, we're going to get to the Warriors game because yeah. that what a lot of what I didn't think would come out of this series it literally is there's bad blood is brewing mm -hmm. you have John Morant elevating you have Steph Curry showing him why you better be better than this and the Grizzlies look to be injured we're going to get into all of that uh, on the second half of this podcast we got about two minutes left in this particular segment and to cap off this whole thing with the, what happened with Dave Chappelle. And and the white, I don't get it. White, we got to do better, y'all. Where's the security? Dave Chappelle's worth at least fifty million, easy. Oh, Where's easy. the security, y'all? Come on, easy. Come on now. If you if you work at the Hollywood Bowl, you on security. All y'all fired. All y'all fired because he got too close. Yeah, he got too close. The man was able to run on stage and get his hands on the act. Yeah, he That's had a and he had a full he had a long way to go and he was able to just go. I mean, he that was like he looked like he was in an NFL combine right there. I mean, right. 
Like my man went for it. Yeah, he did. Like we I we were at the show, we were at um um the Louis C.K. show on uh downtown, and they had security right in front oh, of yeah. the stage. They were flanked hard right there, yeah. Right. And so I mean I, I just got so many I mean, I know it's a festive situation, and I know you want people to be jovial, and I know you want people to kind of have their hair down and be able to relax and not look at so many security guards and go, why is there so much security here? If I was, and then you have something like this happen, and you go, "That's why you have so much security." If I was, so I don't know, Jason. Is there going to be a security guard next to the stage at your next show? We may need it for you, bro. (laughs) Yeah. If the two of us, of the two of us, if one of us was going to get attacked, if we go deeper into East County, I'm bringing one for you, bro. (laughs) It would definitely be me. I would definitely be the person that would have to throw a hand or two. But we, get we, that. We you know who I want talking. is that security guard from that Timberwolves game that was sitting courtside. That, 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 uh... We'll talk more when we come back, Brown and Law. Second half of the podcast, John Browner, Jason Lawhead, better known as Browner and Lawhead, your favorite show you didn't know you loved until you heard it. We are here, and we are, bam, back from the first segment. If you miss anything, you can always head over to iTunes, and you can always head over to YouTube and be a part of the show. Like, share, subscribe. We're the show with the date in front. Um, on the previous episode, on the previous uh, section of the podcast, the first first half, we talked about what happened at the Hollywood Bowl with Dave Chappelle and the guy running on stage. And then we stumbled upon uh, 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 things I just don't understand that white people do called white, I don't like it. So white, we'll, I don't we'll get. White, I don't get. White, white I don't, I don't get. get. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll expand on that as we go along yeah. in this partnership with the show. This is a sports show for those of you who don't know and you're listening here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN driving in your car. Let's talk about some sports. Last night, we saw something that I don't know if I didn't expect to see it, but I'm pleasantly surprised that it happened. I knew the Grizzlies were good. Mm -hmm. I thought the Grizzlies were more of an ensemble and not necessarily more of a, this kid is a absolute next level superstar and you're going to find out here. That's what we're finding out about John Morant. I thought John Morant had a chance to win the first game and just missed a layup and came back in the next game and gave you 45 points and 45 spectacular points. And they needed every single one of them because they ended up winning by four points. I mean, the the Warriors did shoot the lowest three-point percentage they've ever shot in their history of this group being together. So, I mean, that's one thing to only still win by four. But... I thought what John Morant did was fantastic. Did you? What did you think about the yeah, game? Yeah, well, night, I think a lot of that had to do with the way uh, Memphis is able to physically, you know, put a toll on you physically in in the game throughout the pace of the game and the way you have to um, really knuckle down to get Morant stopped going anywhere for for anything. And then they've got some bodies that uh, you know create work underneath going to the glass and, 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 you know, having to rebound and, and having to chase down 50, 50 balls. And, and, you know, they put you in places on the floor that really wear on you. And you're right. They're a play away from being up 2-0 in this series. And yes. I really thought we talked about after the first one, I really thought that they needed to win game one, game two to go, but I'm not so sure. So right now, and even before the series, what it, you know, going into the series, the one thing that's great about Memphis is the one thing that that's great about Memphis is they're well coached. They play well as a unit. They they prove that they played well as a unit without Ja all 
a regular season. I'm not saying they're better than Joe that without by I'm telling you that they stepped up as a unit and and knew mm-hmm. how to approach it business like without Ja. So the fact that that can gel all together right now, um, you know, big deal if Ja Morant has a trash game once or twice. If he has four unstoppable games, the Grizzlies can win this series. You know, I don't think so. Because it, if it, here's why. He had 45 points. Do they have another guy on their roster that can give you 45 points? Because I don't think so. But what I will tell you is, Clay Thompson can score 45. Steph Curry can score 45. And now, all hell, Jordan Poole might be able to score 45. So, I mean, he got shook out of his draws in the la- at the end of that game. But nevertheless, that's one play. But I, I think... What I saw with them, I, what I saw from the Grizzlies when they played Minnesota on the road, they just looked out of sorts. They didn't look ready. They looked like the the road crowd had gotten to them. And I think if you had a trouble with the Minnesota crowd, protesters running on the court and all, you're legit gonna have a problem when you get back to the Chase Center. Because yes, they moved it away from where it used to be in Oakland, but the fans show up. Yeah, they do. And that energy is gonna be live. That road energy is gonna be tangible and I don't think that they can I don't think they can repeat those performances in Golden State so it'll be interesting to see if their defense translates if their if their energy their cohesiveness on offense translates because John Morant got calls when they get to when they get to San Francisco they're not going to get those calls and people don't like it that's just the way that it is human nature of refereeing you're not going to get the calls that you were getting at home and the Warriors won't be as sloppy with the ball. So I like the fact that Memphis, they're defensively based, but I don't know if we'll be able to see the same level of performance we got in the first two games in games three and four. Yeah. Well, it's all going to have to come down to, you know, uh, outworking, you know, at the begin- it's it's got to be, like I said, Morant unstoppable. Right. Like I said, he can have a trash mm-hmm. game or two in a long series if, if, if it's long enough where he has four games that he's unstoppable. Dur- Morant unstoppable, which he's capable of. He's a tough check for this. He was last night. Well, he's going to be a tough check the whole series for whoever's throwing their throwing in front of him because, yeah, Golden State plays really good team defense, but individually, he's a tough check for them. And uh, if he can get his game off every night and, and, and the Grizzlies make them work at all those other areas harder than, uh, than they're used to working and dictating the tempo on the glass and on loose balls and, and you know, uh, cutting off transition, um, one shot and out, then, then it's a chance. I mean, I still like Golden State to win the series. I, 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 I'm on Golden State's wagon to get to the finals right now, but I'm more surprised at where I think Memphis is than I thought they would be at 1-1 because they're a, like, they're a play away from 2-0. And um, a lot of other guys besides Curry and Clay have to be big consistently. You know, you'll get what you get out of Draymond, but, you know, there's there's other bodies out there that, yeah, Good players. They've contributed. They're dangerous to have alongside of all these other guys. But they've got to be able to go out there and uh, really execute and down the stretch as well. And that's going to be where I think the series is won or lost is down the stretch. Can Memphis be good enough down the stretch? 
At home, I think they can. On the road, I don't know. Okay. I I don't know. So I I think I think that I think they're gonna get blown out in game three. I really do. I think the I think the Warriors are gonna hit them with a haymaker. And I think there's gonna be points in the game where they kind of make it competitive, 10, 12 points. But I think this is gonna be a 20 point victory for the Warriors in game three. And if it's not, and if it is a win for for Memphis, then I think this changes everything. I really do. Because if they can go on the road and win a road game sure. against that team, like this isn't the Timberwolves. No. This is a multi-time championship team with a guy with multiple MVPs, with a guy with a defensive player of the year, a head coach of the year, and all these guys are playing in unison. All these guys are pretty much healthy with the fact that Draymond's eye, Gary Payton getting his, his elbow fractured, isn't the series isn't going to change because he got hurt. No, 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 no disrespect to him. But him getting hurt is a series. It's not a series changer. It may fuel. So, it actually may up, uptick them getting pool in the lineup if that's where they choose to go, right. which I think that they, they're probably going to go with pool in the lineup at that switch unless they go back to Looney and go bigger. But I don't see the need for that right now unless you feel like, you know, um, I th- I think you'll see Kaminga before you see Looney, because for defensive purposes, athletic purposes, yeah, Kaminga has just been a little more active. I agree. More no, he's a definitely a more active and and kind of a, uh, you know, he's still a strong enough body, but probably with better feet and better movement. Um, I would agree that that's true. Uh, he didn't play much Bucks, in that first did. series, though. So, and he's getting minutes now, but um, he's young. I don't know. You know, Looney's been in that lineup. He's been that guy that's had to go in and and, and put put the the starting role on when guys have gotten hurt or you know lineups have changed. And you know, so I think Kurt's going to trust Looney. But I think they go pool. Why not just go pool and try to attack? Like you said, go out there and just try to blitz them in game three with a barrage. And try to end this thing. You know, you're not men. You're not like you said. You're not Minnesota. You're not going to give up 25 point leads. Hopefully, but yeah, you're not going to give up 25 point leads to Memphis. So um, I'd go pool and come out guns blazing and and know that like that's a fluke. You guys, I want you to shoot more threes. You know, get, put it in their head that they're the greatest three point shooting team in the history of basketball. We're going to put pool. And we're going to shoot more threes. I don't care about that 18. percent That was a fluke. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I think in that locker room, they know it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. I think the Grizzlies know that that won't happen again. And I also think the Grizzlies know that they're not going to continue to shoot the three this well either. And so the Desmond Bain having a bad back, so he appears to clearly be uh, off his game. And Dylan Brooks, before being ejected for the hit on Gary Payton II, had been struggling with his shooting to begin with. I, let me talk about that for a second. Yeah. The injury that led to Gary Payton and Draymond Green being hit in the eye and Draymond Green talking as if it was intentional how he was hit. Mm-hmm. Jerry Green took a inadvertent elbow to the eye, failed, ended up getting stitches. So it was a real hit after the game. He his eye was swollen. Gary Payton, the second took a shot across the head from Dylan Brooks in an attempt to block the ball in which Steve Kirk called a dirty play and said that Dylan Brooks has violated the, the code of brotherhood within the NBA, which I found to be laughable when he has a guy on his team kicking people in the nuts. I know it's unbelievable. So, the idea that what a guy swiping at the ball is a violation on the code of basketball, but yet Draymond kicking dudes in the nuts is not. It's a perfect example of 
your coach is always in your corner. So I thought what happened with Dylan Brooks was not a dirty play. When you are trying to block a ball at full speed and a guy changing angles, guys get hit. Now, is that a flagrant in today's game? Sure, because anything above the shoulder, they are applying a college rule. Anything above the shoulders is a flagrant. But if you wanted to hurt Gary Payton II, you could have hurt him. You could have taken him out of the air. The result of Gary Payton II being injured, I think that's what led it to be a flagrant too when he was injured and he couldn't compete after the free throws. Because the foul didn't look that bad. It just looked like it just made it looked it, it looked because of the contact bad and what what came afterwards. I didn't think the hit was that bad. Yeah, I mean it's one of those like kind of the basketball version of the collision at the plate when it was really yes. neither guy doing anything other than just trying to get to that spot. I mean his head shifted. You said you're right. I think he was totally Statue of Liberty arm extended all the way as high as he can. I don't think he swung. I don't think he swiped. I don't think he rounded uh, rounded out and, and came upside of any type of uh, scenario there. I thought it was just a soaring high arm that met the head. And uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, in the rule book, you have to interpret it. It's a flagrant one no matter what because of uh, rule interpretation there's just no way even if you thought like hey that was just you know uh, that's just a foul because it was a foul and i think a lot was i i think even if peyton's probably not hurt and he and he can't go on i think they i think they probably see it as saying look you know draymond's in this series we've got to make sure that uh early on in this series we're gonna just put our foot down because we don't want this thing to escalate because um if it isn't a flagrant two, they are going to cry to the high heavens and there mm -hmm. probably could be some more bad blood and there could be some more retaliation. So maybe this quells everything and it, 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 it starts this thing slated clean a little bit and we can move on with the series and play basketball because that's, this could go seven and you don't want five games of just, you know, a bar fight out there. Sixers heat tonight. It, it appears that James Harden is is not what he once was. Um, uh, to back up a bit, the Celtics outdid the, the the Bucks, which I mean, if you make if you shoot forty eight percent from three, you're probably going to beat anybody. So hats off to them. We won't really spend a lot of time on that. On James Harden, for that matter. Uh, of what's left of the playoffs, what are you looking forward to most going forward? Is it the return of Joel Embiid? Is it to see if the Celtics can continue to 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 kind of Find a way to silence Giannis or slow Giannis down. Yeah, I'm, or, I was impressed with that Celtics win. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's you know, without Middleton in there, uh, the Bucks are vulnerable. Even with you know Giannis, they have to play a perfect kind of game around him. But yeah, I mean, will Boston shoot like that, especially from those three guys? I mean, hey, a couple of those guys can stay cooking. You know, I mean, when you look at their three point shooting statistics. Yeah, they they shot a high percentage, but it was main their main three guys that are gonna be getting those looks and those shots, and that's Tatum, that's Brown, and uh, Williams off the bench. So I think those guys alone were like sixty percent from three, just those three guys, and they hit I think uh, almost all but two uh, of those three pointers that were made by the Celtics. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm the Celtics. I just don't think Embiid or not, I think 
I think you're right where Harden's at. He's just not the Harden. And after the long duration of, of a season and then the toll and the minutes and the type of basketball that's played in the postseason every other night, um, I just think it's it's too much for him, their bench, even if Embiid comes back. I think Miami's uh, too long in too many areas when it comes to experience, depth, defense, scoring, uh, a low post defense, all of the little intangibles, the, just the things that the Heat have going right now. I think they're just too much, even if the pieces kind of fall where Philly wants them. So the NFL released their, the, the NFL released their schedule of their uh, either primetime games or uh, uh, their overseas games. So they've got a game in Germany this year in Munich. They've got a game in Mexico City. If you're picking one, if you're picking a city to see, and it's not Oktoberfest in Germany. It's not during Oktoberfest. It's in September. Which city are you going to to view the game? Mexico City or or Munich? Well, I'm going to go to Munich because it's, you know, Mexico City is very attainable from where we live in other times or other reasons to kind of just kind of jet set there and back in a way, whereas Munich is a, that's a, hey, that's seven, eight, what's that, eight? that's 11 hour difference i believe from where we're at maybe um maybe 10 maybe eight i don't know um i think i'm at i think i'm adding east coast time twice but you are i think yeah i think i am anyway so uh yeah i would say munich and you know and uh probably just to see football in a more i guess germany has more of a you know cold weather united states feel it has like those kind of outdoor it feels like a, a it could be a city in the midwest or northern you know northern america where it gets cold and uh you know or at least fall type of type of feeling if i had to choose i would probably go mexico city because I know down in Mexico, because let me make sure I have this. Let me see. I want to make sure I got the numbers the wrong one. I know that I will have an opportunity to eat comfort food. I don't know what Germany. Yeah, that's the only trade off. When I'm traveling, I have to know what's on the menu. I can't go to a country where I don't. I, like, I'm not yeah. eating. I mean, it's just like sausages like, and like kraut and like. Uh, you know, rotwurst. Yeah, like potato stuff. And, you know, I mean, there's good German food. Like, I'm not saying like it's the word. It's just, it's kind of just a, um, you know, it's like basically high end food that you get at a football game. You know, like you're eating, you're doing a lot of like mustards and, pretzels and stuff like that you know dogs brats beers a lot of beer good beer though really good beer but the three games in london are uh uh the vikings and the saints the giants against the the jet the giants against the packers and then there's a game between the broncos and jacksonville that's on espn plus uh, listen, I got to listen. I, 
Y'all don't want people to watch that game, do y'all? Like, you don't. You, I get, I get what ESPN is doing. You're trying to, uh, you know, herd people into the the app that is ESPN Plus. If that's the game I gotta watch, I'm good, bro. Y'all can keep ESPN Plus. Again, you're a partner. I appreciate y'all. Shout out to ESPN. But bro, I'm not. I'm no. And then I gotta wake up at six a.m. to watch it on ESPN Plus because it's in London. No, bro. Y'all might as well cancel that one. I don't think I've ever watched one of those games in London. I've been to one. I wouldn't watch one. You've been to an NFL football game in London? <clears throat> mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Really? Yes. The energy of it, because it's a it's an event. It's a one-off. When did you go? Uh, 2017, I think. 17, wow. 18, okay, maybe. Okay, cool. You and the guy, like, Kaplan and... No, 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 no. I went, I went and as a part of something else. Good for you. That's awesome. It was a, it was a fantastic trip. Uh, you, you, you get a real sense of how they treat soccer there. I mean, obviously, they're just a bunch of people with jerseys on. No sure. one's really rooting for anything. They're there for the event, and when it's right. an event, it, it, it was all. It felt like uh, it felt like a, a low budget Super Bowl. Okay. What's the best way to describe it? it felt like a low budget Super Bowl. So on the BBC, uh, we got we got forty <laughs> seconds left. Thirty seconds left. What what are you getting your mother for Mother's Day? I'm getting her uh, roses. Nice. You already ordered them because you know oh, don't yeah. be that guy. You gonna you gonna do anything special for your wife? Like give her a baby? No. 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 Okay. No, nothing That's special not for my wife mothers. on Mother's Day. She got. Uh, uh, we went to Maui and Kauai. Do you get your mother in law something? Ten seconds. Ooh, man, now you put me on the spot. I got to go run now, and I got to get my mother-in-law something. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it along, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>